By making the world a more beautiful place, Artemis publishes artists and writers from the Appalachian region of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and beyond. This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. Hello, hello. I'm Jerry Rogers, editor of Artemis Journal, and this is our podcast where we highlight the writers and artists that we've published for over 47 years. It's just amazing we're still doing it, and I'm thrilled today to have a really special guest. We have partnered in a project together, and we will talk more about that. She is a English teacher. Uh, she's a poet, uh, fifth-generation Washingtonian, and advisor for her school's literary magazine, Unbound. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Jerry. This is an incredible opportunity, and I'm so grateful and so humbled by your invitation to be interviewed. Um, I listen to podcasts, especially ones that highlight writers and poets, but I never, ever imagined that I would be featured on one. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy you are here, and we published your poem last for this year's journal, and actually last year's, the 2023. So that was one of the first times that you had ever been published in Artemis. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you ended up here, because you don't live in the Blue Ridge Mountains. You're teaching in Loudoun County. So what motivated you to submit, and how did all this come about? Sure. Um, so I am originally from um, Washington, D.C., but um, my father served in the military when I was younger, so I got the opportunity to live in a bunch of diff- different places growing up. But um, for the last 20 years or so, I've called Northern Virginia my home. Um, I live there with my husband and my three adult children. Um, we live about 30 miles outside of D.C., and I teach for Loudoun County Public Schools. Um I uh, came to Artemis um, because I was uh, trying to show my students that I too am a, a, a reader and a writer and that I wanted them to be able to see me growing as a reader and a writer. Um, I've been writing poems and stories for most of my life, um, but only recently just started feeling comfortable sharing them with a larger audience. And I, and I attribute that to teaching this creative writing course. I was the, um, the little girl in elementary school who wrote and self-published uh, a book that the librarians put in the stacks. And then <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a reporter for the newspaper staff. Um, but my love of reading and writing really grew when I went off to college and I decided I want to major, I wanted to major in English. Um, uh, uh-huh. Go ahead. 
Yeah. So I was, I all throughout um, elementary school and middle school and high school didn't really have an opportunity to read writing by poets or writers that looked like me. And it wasn't until I went to college and I took a course in African-American poetry that I knew or learned who Maya Angelou was or Nikki Giovanni or Alice Walker or Audre Lorde. It was, it was really, college was the first time that I read books by people, by women who looked like me. So I, even though I enjoyed writing, I never really saw myself as someone who could be a writer until I got to college. Um, and that has really informed how I run my classroom. Like I want my students to have an opportunity to read books with characters that look like them or, um, you know, titles by authors that um, they can identify with. And right now, um, I begin each class with 15 minutes that I call pages, where students just pick a book of their choosing, and they read just for the sake of reading. Um, and that's that reading um, influences how you write. And so I've learned that it's okay to share my story, and my students have helped me do that. And so the last year or so, I've been on this um, this plan to try to share my writing with audiences outside of my school community. And that's kind of where Artemis came in. And so I was thrilled when I received the message that said Artemis wanted to publish my poem. It was the first time any of my writing has appeared in a, in a print, in a book, in an anthology. And I you know, as I continue to share my writing, I will always remember that first, which was with Artemis. Well, we're thrilled to have you in there. And uh, something really wonderful came out of that. You came to our launch last year at the Taubman Museum of Art. You introduced yourself. And it, it was lovely having you and your husband drive down from Loudoun. It was real special, I could tell. And then through happenstance, we end up at a restaurant after the launch. I have had a group of fairly rowdy friends. We were all <laughs> celebrating, and, you know, one of my friends turned around and apologized to you and your husband. You were It was a very nice restaurant, and you were maybe trying to have a romantic time together. <laughs> And, and and John Keeling, who is a supporter, donor of Artemis Journal, turned yes. around and apologized to you and your husband because we were, you know, a little loud. And one thing led to another, and you and John struck up a conversation. You told him you your story, you're the English teacher, and you were so inspired to be in Artemis and happy and and John, who makes things happen, he's a Texan, tall, lean Texan. He turned around and said, Jerry, how can we get some journals to her class? And I said, we can make it happen. And he actually helped deliver a whole box of journals. Uh, he and his partner, Nina Schlossberg, Schlossman, excuse me, and they delivered the books to Loudon. They lived outside of D.C., and we have photographs, and it was a joyous uh, moment. We have it in the blog, and we love having that experience of 
introducing younger writers and artists to the world of publishing. We want to encourage younger students to do that. That's part of our mission as a 501c organization and that was just the perfect opportunity and so we I had been thinking about this for a while and started what I call the dragonfly project and you're the first ones to do that with us and we love it you've sent wonderful pictures of the kids reading the journal and writing and so forth so tell me about how does teaching work for you I mean Hats off to you. You're in, you're in the angel category as far as I'm concerned. I'm a former teacher. My father was a principal in public schools. I just love teachers, and, and I know what hard work it is and demanding work. And so how does that work for you? Well, um, I actually just had this conversation with um, my creative writing class that Teaching is about helping um, students to grow and evolve as thinkers, as speakers, as listeners, as readers, as writers, as lifelong learners. A, a lot of times we get caught up in the transactions that like the, the submission of assignments and the grading of assignments and the comments on the assignments that we forget about. Um, it's just about learning and growing and um, helping them to develop their voices, not only their speaking voices, but also their voices as they appear on the page. And I find that one of the best ways to really have an impact on the students is to allow them to see you actively learning. And so I, I, it's really challenging to, you know, encourage them and try to um, foster a love of reading and writing if they don't see you reading and writing. And so I've had a lot of success um, when I allow the students to see me actively engaged in all steps of the writing process. When I assign students homework, I also do the homework because now I'm stepping into their shoes and when they get stuck on a section, I can tell them, well, when I was doing that section, this is the approach that I took. And so just sitting right next to them and allowing them to see that I too am learning is, is, is really effective for me. Um, teaching creative, I've taught English for 22 years. This is my 22nd year, wow. same school. Oh, wow. County. I have not moved and, and our county has really grown. But um, in the last three or four years when I've been teaching creative writing, this is what has really... Uh, lit a fire under me in terms of trying to also grow my own voice and and providing opportunities for me to share my writing with with a larger audience, not just the students that come through my classroom. Lovely. Well, you mentioned Nikki Giovanni. She is on our board and such a wonderful inspiration to so many people and she gives us so much time and poems she usually opens up our journals with a poem she has written specifically for us in fact I was just talking to her the other day and 
and she's had quite a year, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, because of Going to Mars, the documentary about her, yeah. which was up for Academy Awards. So she, everybody wants her, and she's been traveling so much. But she says, I got a poem coming, I got it coming. <laughs> I said, Nikki, if you want, you I'll just pick out a poem. You have so many books of poetry. I love it. She goes, no, I want to do something special for <laughs> Artemis. She just loves oh, us, and funny. we love her. She is like our fairy godmother. So we're thrilled to have her involved and all the different people that volunteer with our organization. Uh, so you're, let's talk about your poetry. And you published, we published your poem. Tell us about that poem that you wrote for Artemis. So the poem is, is called Melancholia, and it actually, it um, takes its inspiration. It's one of actually the more personal poems in a collection that I have. Um, it's one where I'm making um, like uh, references, allusions to things from history, specifically from like Greek mythology. I have been teaching the Odyssey for many, many years. And I used to think that I really didn't have anything in common with this story. Odysseus is this Greek war hero and I am not. And, uh, but when I stripped the story down to kind of the basics for my students, I realized that there are a lot of things that we can pull out um, from that story that relate to our lives today. And so that particular poem um, includes some phrases that could come straight out of the Odyssey or another epic poem, but I write it in such a way that I relate it back to my own experience. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately with a number of my poems is I'm taking something that on the surface seems like it is completely unrelated to me and showing how it is related to me and how it can be related, relatable to others. Well, that, that's quite a feat because, you know, the Odyssey and, and the Greek mythology can seem rather far-fetched, I'm sure, to younger students. But you bring it to your own personal experience, and that I'm sure that really translates for them. Well, that that is wonderful. Well, we're going to conclude this podcast because I'm going to tell my audience we are on Michelle's lunch hour in between classes, and it, the bell will ring in, in five minutes. So we, we're thrilled that she could squeeze us in. I know how busy you are as a teacher. So thank you for coming, and we will end the podcast with you reading your poem. Oh, Jerry, thank you so much again for this opportunity. I um, am so excited to share with you today melancholia. Melancholia is defined as a condition. It's a noun. It's a condition characterized by a markedly depressed mood, uh, bodily complaints, and sometimes hallucinations and delusions. Melancholia. I rewrite their stories to avoid sharing my own. Autobiography, truths, hiding in plain sight. Behind archetypes, Greek, classical in nature. So different from my heritage and culture, and yet also very much the same. I recast their sorrows in stanzas, statues, and stones, replacing my reality with illusions, 
allusions pouring out from a Grecian urn. A cocktail mixture, one part past, two parts present. I reweave their threads, old and new, black and white, cliched and coded, messages lost for years at sea, trapped glass bottles floating freely, but never reaching final destinations. I rewear their sandals and shackles, donned by female forces from the past and present to navigate my future, never forgetting, always remembering what they look like. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. I wish you great luck and success. Your writing's wonderful. And, you know, thank you for spreading your good work with the young children of our world. And you're, you're an angel for sure. We are currently uh, working on the layout for our next journal, 2024, which will be launched in September the 6th and then we will have it available for purchase and, and mail but it will be available at our launch at the Taubman Museum of Art and we have some exciting plans coming about I can't share them quite yet because we have to finalize it but I hope Michelle you'll come back and uh, maybe you'll bring your cute husband and some of your students next time thanks again for joining us thank you Skip Brown, Final Track Studios, and until next time, we will host another artist or writer on Artemis Speaks. takes the time to stop and smell the roses with two busy walking around, living our lives. But You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a woman's shelter in southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, artemisjournal.org. You can mail us directly P.O. Box 505. Floyd, Virginia, 24091. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon. And the song is Just Slow Down, a very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Track Studios in Roanoke, Virginia. All rights reserved and is co-produced by Jerry Rogers and Skip Brown. When it became so cool We got everybody walking around Trying to do the same thing That everybody else they do you know oh yes you know you gotta be yourself cause yourself is all you got and all you got is what you need look in the mirror see it clearer
Just slow down. 